Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. Paint Radio, it's time for Paint Radio. I'm Andrew Dwyer. Emily Howard is here. Emily, I was thinking, to be accurate, we should probably change the name to Paint Talk Radio because all we ever do, what do we talk about? You need to hear me out before you say no. All we do is talk radio. Isn't that right? We do, you do, talk Mm -hmm. a lot. You do, do, do a lot. (laughs) So as you can tell, we're good at talk radio, but (laughs) let's say we were going to mix it up, right? During like ratings week or whatever. And and we had to have a music show. The Little M Hour, what kind of music are you playing? I mean, you could play just like all the tapes of your cheerleading days, all the cheers that you did, (laughs) but no one's listening to that without video. So a purely audio music hour. Emily Howard, Lil M, what kind of doo-doo music are you playing? 90s rap. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's very big right now. (laughs) Okay. Are you doing 90s rap because it's popular or because that's like what you know? Is that your go-to? I love 90s rap. You still love 90s rap? I will always love 90s rap. And so in the 90s, you were in your late 30s. (laughs) I'm kidding. So... (laughs) What are you trying to say, man? In the 90s. <laughs> so that was like the soundtrack of your high school years? So yeah, when you're I, would at say, home, I would say a portion of it. When you're crying eating ice cream out of the carton, <laughs> you're listening to that. <laughs> I wasn't crying eating ice cream very often, so. This is why we should do music, because that way I'm not here. I was dancing around in my 90s rap. Okay. <laughs> 90s rap. What about you? What would you pick? If I had to do music that I know the best, then that would be either like 50s bebop jazz John Coltrane, Lee Morgan, Art Blakey, or Big Band Jazz, but I don't know how much of a market there is for that. And of course, you know how much I love to be loved. So So, I don't know if I'd play that. Maybe Rush, Led Zeppelin, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Oh, that's a whole different genre. Sticks, sort of a 70s, 80s straddle, maybe. Okay. A little alternative, a little not. Got it. All right, well, let's... Or I could just play my own music. I think we should let our guest vote. Well, introduction of our guest will come later, but let's just say his name is Garrett. Technically, his name is Garrett. Garrett, if you had to choose between a 90s rap hour-long show, a bebop jazz show, or a 70s, 80s straddle alternative, non-alternative Rush, Led Zeppelin, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, yes. Of those three, Garrett, to be introduced later fully, what would you listen to? Uh, well, I was born in the 90s and grew up in the 90s, so I got to go with my 90s rap. Yeah. <laughs> I am not inviting you on a future show. I hope this goes well. Whatever. I love it. I told you, 90s rap stands the test of time, buddy. Mm-hmm. Can you name one example of what a 90s rapper would be, besides Vanilla Ice? I mean, there's tons. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Tupac. Okay. Fair enough. I named three. Well That's done. It. So we will look forward to that, but we're going to stick with the original format of Talk Paint Radio. Okay. And today, we're talking about how to use direct mail to improve your painting business and there's nobody better to talk to about that the guy you've already heard the guy who wants to listen to little m's 90s rap show garrett martell of two-day painting out of milwaukee wisconsin garrett how are you i'm great thanks for having me i hope we can change up our music are we allowed to do that yes do you think maybe we could get some 90s maybe because when we're recording this i have no idea what it's going to sound like And you never do because you never listen. You've always told me not to listen because I I think she edits me out a lot. But anyway, Garrett Martell, two-day painting out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, talking about direct mail. Before we get started, give the listeners an idea, Garrett, of the type of painting business you operate. We uh, run a mostly residential uh, painting, repaint business. 
We'll do a little over $4 million this year in revenue. Over $3 million of that is through residential repaints, and over $2 million of that is through direct mail leads alone. Okay. Wow. And so what's the history? When did you get started? When did you initially embrace direct mail? Was it a rocky start? Did it not work out so well in the beginning? What were your early experiences with direct mail marketing? I started the business back in 2014 and I was just out of college, completely broke. So I started with door knocking and that's where I got most of my leads. And then I started putting up flyers in the newspaper boxes that started becoming effective. So then I drive around and just put a ton of flyers on a ton of newspaper boxes in the neighborhoods I liked. After that, then I grew to, okay, well, what if I could just have the postal service put these in there for me? So I started doing every door direct mail with the postal service. In the beginning, you know, it wasn't as good of a response rate as I would have hoped, partially because you need to get your brand awareness out there a little bit for it to be really effective. People got to hear about you a couple of times. At first, I was doing their Every Door Direct Mail program, which I do not recommend for the listeners to do right away because you're not targeting your list very well. You're targeting your area, but you're hitting everybody on the route. That includes renters, homes that are cheap, people that may not be living there. So it's better to do a little bit better targeted. But as time went on, I slowly tweaked things. I tracked my data. I tracked my results in different areas. And I learned what areas perform the best and what type of areas perform the best. And now we get a pretty great return on investment on them. So Garrett, brand awareness. So you were saying that direct mail might not be the best way to get brand awareness. What other vehicles are you using to get awareness of your brand out there? Well, I actually do think direct mail is a great resource to get your brand out there. It's an expensive resource simply for branding purposes, but you do get a lot of lead generation off of it. But every time you send a solo direct mail piece out to a customer, they're at least going to look at your name before they throw your postcard or whatever you're sending in the trash. So it does build brand awareness over time. There are a lot of resources that you can use out there to build brand awareness for your business. But through the millions of postcards and direct mailers that I've sent over the years, that has been the single strongest branding activity that I've done. Okay, nice. So how many times have you estimated, or or tell me if you even do have an estimation for this, how many times do they need to see one of your direct mailers then before that brand awareness is really kicked in and you start to see a response? Certain marketers, they have studies about this. A lot of them will say seven times is the magic number, but that's not just from direct mail. That's anything. Maybe they heard you on the radio. Maybe they saw a Facebook post. They saw your truck driving by or a yard sign. So they say the magic number seven for people to think of you when they need a painter in the future. Okay. So what would your direct mail 101 advice be for someone who maybe has been doing it, but needs to have a more conscientious approach to doing direct mail? You know, what is that? Target a neighborhood, brand for the first two, and then offer something else in the second one. What are the bedrock basic elements of an intelligent direct mail campaign? For people just starting out, I recommend uh, taking slow in the beginning and testing it out and seeing how it works. Start in an area kind of close to your office where you might have some brand recognition already built and uh, better neighborhoods, better demographics of people that are likely to hire painting contractors versus do it themselves. What I recommend is, so you start with that uh, from a provider, buy a list of single family homes that are over a certain dollar amount 
In my area, I target homes that are over $200,000. We have a decent sized business, so I can't be too picky about who I target because I'm just in a medium sized metro market. But you could start with $300,000, $400,000 plus homes, buy a list of that. Make sure that you have at least 125 people per route that you're sending to because with the sort of postage um, that this would fall into, you get really good rates if there's 125 people or more on your postal routes. It's at around 17, 17 and a half cents on average for that break. Once you get the 10 to 125 people on the road, it's about 26, 27 cents. And then under 10, it gets pretty expensive to send out. So you want to make sure that you plan your campaigns accordingly. What I recommend doing is, so you start with a list, figure out how much you want to spend as a test and figure out how many people you can send it to and make sure you have enough to at least send it to that entire group of people twice. And I recommend sending it out two months apart from each other. So if one is going out in May, then the next one will hit the same group of people in July. Spread it out week by week so that you're not just dropping them all at once and you get a ton of calls at once and then a month later you're not getting anything. So spread it out and the lead flow will come. I do find that a lot of customers wait three to five weeks before they will give you a call. So this lead flow constantly comes in the future. Don't expect them all to come the next day. You do get a lot within the first week, but majority of calls come later on because you cannot create demand in the painting industry. By sending them a postcard, you're not gonna convince them to get their house painted. It's when people have a need already and they walk outside and they realize, well, my house is peeling right now, my house doesn't look good, I really need to get this room painted. Then they go on this, this about month process where they're considering hiring a painter. So they uh, start doing their research, they start calling companies, they start getting quotes, and then eventually they decide to hire someone. You want to get there within that decision-making window. So if people know that they may have a project coming up in the future, but they aren't quite ready to start getting estimates on it right now, they will hold on to your postcard, put it in a drawer, and give you a call three or four weeks later. So who you target is very important, how you build your list, the frequency. I recommend starting off with two times, and if it's working for you, it's working. If it's not, it's not. I have realized an interesting trend among some of my clients. People in the south will often get a worse response rate than people in the north because of seasonality. People in the north, it's bad weather six months out of the year. They're hibernating inside. Nobody's outside looking at their house. Then all of a sudden spring comes. They start going outside to do yard work, and they realize that their house looks a lot different, and their house needs a lot of work. So Garrett, I'm sorry, I should jump in and clarify. You're not promoting two-day painting in Milwaukee, Wisconsin to the people in the South. You're referencing the fact, everybody listening, Garrett has become so adept and enthusiastic about direct mail that he actually has started his own direct mail business where he offers direct mail services to fellow contractors. Right, Garrett? That's what you're referring to when you talk about clients in the South. Yep. So you talked about starting out with sending out two postcards. Does it matter if those postcards are identical both times or should the second one have different content? I would always have a different content, a different design. It can be a pretty similar in regards to what is said on the card, but I always like to mix it up. I think it helps having a different design per piece. People are not going to give you a call because you have a lot of different content that is intriguing. They have different projects that they just happen to have going on at the moment. They may have inside painting. They may want their deck stained. They may want their outside of their house painted. I don't like to kind of just focus on one service too much. I like to kind of be there 
for them. It's more of a reminder, hey, you know, you're thinking about getting your house painted, you should give us a try. So how do you know, because you said if you're trying out a new area, doing two postcards, how do you know if it's working? What metrics do you have or, or what are you measuring there? What I like to measure is the number of calls that come in. And I do all this on a zip code based level. So I track the number of calls, the number of bids given, how much dollar amount of bids that were given, how many sales resulted from it, and what were the dollar value of those sales per zip code. Once you do two full laps and you give it about a month for the other leads to come in at the end, you can take all that data and check which zip codes did the best for you. Now, it's a small sample size with just two mailings to a small list, so you want to take that into account, but you should be able to determine pretty easily from that point, okay, is this profitable enough to continue? Over time, you want to fine-tune your list. You may realize that one area is just not working out at all, another area is being very successful, maybe one area has all very large jobs and very profitable jobs where you're okay with having a few less leads come from that area. But you track it over time and you're constantly fine-tuning your campaign until you get that perfect amount of people that is just constantly flowing in good leads year after year. Garrett, as far as the content of your cards, do you design these yourself or do you retain a designer? I actually use uh, Design Crowd, which is an online platform where they can compete for a design. And what we did was we had them compete a couple different times. We bought like 12 or 13 other different unique designs. They kind of tweaked it and fine-tuned it to our liking. And overall, it was a relatively cheap cost. And we got a lot of different ideas from having people from around the world all compete on this postcard design. The winner would get around three or $400, I think it was, whatever their, uh, their standards are on their website. And then you could pay a little bit for each of the other people that you want to get as well. And overall, it's a very cost-effective route to getting a, a library of designs. Huh, that's interesting. I've never even heard of that before. I kind of want to check them out. So Garrett, on that, like you said, that that was a pretty economical way to get your design done. So I'm curious, who are all the vendors that you're using? And roughly, what do you expect as a cost really per piece that you spend? So if you're working with a design crowd for the design, are you working with people at USPS? What kind of list brokers are you using? So yeah, the design you could get done for a couple hundred dollars anywhere that you go. As far as buying the list goes, various people you get a quote from will charge different prices. Usually it's somewhere around, if you want a multi-use list, basically a list that you can use forever that they're constantly updating, it's going to cost you just under four cents a record. But you only have to pay this once and then you are good for as long as you use that list. Where do you find your list brokers? Are you using just USPS or is there a separate broker that you're using? I use a separate broker. I use MailerHaven. Most mail houses will have a company that they work with for this that can provide the data. So it's very important that you find a good printer and a good mail house. The printer, you want to be careful about its level of quality. There's something called gang running that you want to be really careful about doing. Basically, what most printers will do to try to save on some of their expenses is to print multiple different orders all in one run. So you're getting combined with many other companies that are also doing a printing that's similar. And what this will result in is different like color issues and a little bit of bleed through and just not as high quality of a piece. So find a printer that will do a solo run for you. Figure out your design. I always like to use the really big jumbo postcards for it because it really gets people's attention. It gets your name out there, a pretty design that has all the right pieces of information that you need to convey what you do as a company. And what do you consider jumbo? Is that like five by seven? What? 
forgot the top of my head, but I think it's nine and a half by 11 or so. Wow. wow so it's almost the size of like the magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Like APC magazine. It's pretty big. Yeah. Okay. But it's easy for people to look at before they throw it in the garbage. So we've had success with those big postcards. So if you're going to get printed, you're probably looking at anywhere between, it depends on your quantity, but you're probably looking at between three and nine cents a piece, depending on how many you order. And then the mail health services, we pay two cents for them to basically inkjet all the addresses on, sort the data, and kind of prepare the mailing for the mail house. So my cost involved, I pay all said and done. It's about 24, 25 cents a piece, plus the fixed cost of the list and design fees for the campaign. So if you're sending out 100,000 cards to people, you're probably looking at spending about 24, $25,000 in expenses, plus you're looking at the list costs and the design fees. You're probably looking at somewhere around $30,000 of an investment. So again, as far as the content, you talked about using this online service to design the, essentially the template. Are you using your own photographer? Do you retain a professional photographer? How do you do that? We have so many pictures that are constantly being taken by all of our crews that we naturally just have some really good pictures that come up that we use for most of our mailings. But if you need um, some high quality pictures, a photographer is not a bad idea. Now, people don't expect painters to have this staged photo. It almost hurts you if it looks too staged. So I kind of like the ones that look more believable that don't look as professional. And so again, on the content, are most of these cards evergreen? Because you had said earlier that you're not a big believer in seasonality. And I'm guessing you're not offering discounts. Or, but you tell me, are you saying, hey, call by June 1 for a discount? What? Wait, I think he said he was a believer in seasonality. Seasonality is huge in my area. People buy in the spring, the summer, and the early fall in my area. They have this buying cycle. Right. Uh, after taxes are done, the weather finally starts getting nicer, we get a huge boost in demand. So we get over double the amount of calls when we send out a mailer in spring than we do in January, so, as an example. I'm sorry. What I'm getting at is, do you reference the season in the card? We do. We'll have like a spring, summer, fall cards, um, winter uh, discounts. We do give um, a little bit extra for winter interiors. It is nice to have some sort of a discount, in my opinion, because people will be more likely to call right away if they have some sort of a discount. We've done some A-B testing and we have had higher response rates when we have offered a discount. So basically, are you given a discount and then a time frame in which that discount applies so that you've got kind of that sense of urgency? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And Garrett, to what extent, if at all, do you think the effectiveness of direct mail is dependent on the type of painting you're doing? Meaning, I'm guessing high-end residential is perfect for direct mail, but what if you're going after commercial property managers? Can you go after new construction and GCs with direct mail, or is the sweet spot the high-end residential? There are a lot of companies that are very successful with going after it. I recommend more of a prospecting campaign for B2B a lot of times mailers don't get to the decision maker. Hmm. So it's good to be able to, you know, at least find out who that decision maker is so you can address and, you know, personalize mail piece. But with this strategy that I'm talking about, where it's more like a mass and it out to a ton of people and get one out of every 300 or 400 people to give you a call, this strategy is more built around the residential market. I'm curious too. So we're talking about direct mail. Have you done any comparisons with this strategy versus some of the digital strategies out there, emails, retargeting, programmatic, any of those different things? 
We have a marketing mix in general. We do a lot of email marketing and digital efforts. So we do a, a lot of different stuff. But this mass direct mail campaign has kind of been the bread and butter for us as a company and helped us scale. It's where we get over half of our business from. But we do a mix of a lot of different things. So final kind of rundown here. If you've got a couple of steps that you're somebody who's tried direct mail before, hasn't done as well, you're wondering if your direct mail is doing as well as it could be, or if you're just really starting up, um, if you were going to give us just a couple of steps to start out with, or even just kind of review what you're doing, what are the effective steps for a direct mail campaign? It's build a list. So find the right amount of people to target, buy that list, Send out those mailers uh, once every, I recommend every two months per group, at least during the busy season. So we'll send out a spring, a summer, and a fall, and then usually a winter one as well. I avoid the holiday type months, the months that are not going to be effective, like November and December, as an example. Mm -hmm. And then one really important thing is make sure that you have good lead management systems, you know, a good website that is able to convert them. They're not just going to give you a call from the postcard for the most part. They're going to look you up online, do a little research about you and then give you a call. So make sure that you can really manage the lead flows that are coming in and convert them to get there. Make sure you're consistently following up with leads. There's a statistic that if you don't follow up with people in an hour after they try to get a hold of you, the chances of ever getting a hold of that person go down pretty significantly. So make sure that you have a good staff that can manage getting a hold of those people right away, set those appointments. Don't be too far booked out. If you're booked out three or four weeks, you're going to have a lot of leads slip through. So overall, just have a good business system, have good sales systems to take advantage of those leads and uh, make sure that you service as many of them as physically possible. Don't weed them out just because you think they might be a little bit cheap over the phone because you would never really know in person how it's going to be. So Garrett, if a contractor wanted to learn more about your new direct mail business, how could they get in touch with you? Well, the business name is TradesFix. So they can reach out to me via two-day painting or TradesFix uh, websites. You can email me at garrett.today at gmail.com. You can give me a call on my cell phone number, 262-473-9627. Or you can always shoot me a Facebook message too, whatever is easiest. I love it. And what is the TradesFix website? It's tradesfix.com. There you go. By the way, what we started out talking about in this podcast about music shows on paint radio, Garrett has the voice for radio. He should be hosting, I don't know about his content, but good Lord, maybe he should become our new voiceover guy. No offense, current voiceover guy. Yeah, he does. But He's got a good voice for radio. There you go. There you go. That is wonderful information. Emily, this could be our most efficient podcast ever. The way Garrett rattled through that information. He's very efficient. Very nice. He doesn't require a lot of prompting, which again, the less work I need to do, the better. I think we all benefit from that. So Garrett, tremendous job. Not only am I appreciative, I think everybody's appreciative. And if you want to hear more from Garrett Martell, go to paintmag.com, find the paint radio section of our website and find the podcast we did with Garrett and Jason Paris on building large painting companies. Excellent. It's also one of our more popular podcasts. Yeah. It's done very well. Really so well. It'd be time well served. Garrett, thank you so very much. That was great information. Good work, man. Thank you for having me. And if we get back in touch with you to become our voiceover guy, hopefully you'll be reasonable in your rate. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay, good. Everybody, go to paintmag.com. Find the resources there. Find the Building Large Paint Companies podcast that Garrett was on before with Jason Harris. Great stuff. Most importantly, have a great day. Work hard. We love you. Thanks for listening to Paint Radio.